Okay, and we're back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Welcome back. I am your host, Hunter, and I'm here with Caleb, and we are going to uh, talk about routines today. Speaking of routines, we're trying to get in a new podcast routine here. Uh, this is our first <laughs> shot at it, so we're uh, we're going to give it a go and see what happens. So we're going to have some fun, and uh, glad you guys are joining us. Caleb, what are you thinking? Pretty decent intro there. One for one, I'd <laughs> say. It's uh, turning over a new leaf here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we're uh, here on a, uh, a nice steamy Sunday afternoon, recording this podcast for you guys, and we thought it'd be a great time to talk about uh, routine and specifically getting back into routine. So, uh, we're in August. School is starting back, and most people are starting um, getting their kids back ready for school. You know, either um, starting this week or last week, and typically what we've seen for most of our clients is kind of their, their life revolves around, especially if they have kids around the school year and the start of school in the fall is always kind of almost like starting a new year. Um, in that, um, you know, kids are going into a new grade and parents are wanting to get in a routine depending on, you know, what sports they're playing, what they're, you know, what school they're going to, what they're going to be going to. And with all that, people are also wanting to get back in their fitness and health routine. Maybe they traveled a lot during the summertime, went on vacation or whatever. And so uh, we just kind of want to talk about giving them some quick, giving you guys some quick, easy uh, takeaways that you can apply and maybe help you get back into routine uh, a little bit easier or maybe just start a routine that you haven't before. I think it's interesting because what I've noticed is that depending on, like you said, we're kind of basing this around parents. Uh, because we have so many of our members, our parents, and, and the people we work with every day. But each year as the kid goes to a new grade or starts a new team, levels up, you know, whatever it looks like, it really can shift what the school year looks like, whether it be they have more freedom or they have more activities or less activities. And so for I, th- I think for a lot of people, it becomes really, really important to sit down at the beginning before it starts to get really, really hectic and kind of line up. What are the priorities? What am I going to focus on? What is important for me to take care of as a, as a parent or guardian? And how can I prioritize that? And then what do I want my kids to be able to do? Or what do I want to allow freedom for and the time for, but being able to on the front end to think about what are the most important things is going to be important for setting some boundaries almost for your health. So, uh, if you're, if you're talking with somebody, Caleb, about you know, maybe they're a nutrition client or maybe they're a member at the gym and they are, you know, talking to you about, you know, they've been busy traveling all summer, vacation, playing baseball with, you know, going to all the tournaments and stuff with their kids. School's starting back. They're like, all right, I'm ready to get back in in my routine. I'm ready to um, make my health and fitness a priority again. Um, where do you start? What would be the first thing you would recommend somebody would do? I think for I think for most people it's what is an ideal day look like. So you're imagining what the years you know because you can't foresee a lot of the things that come up. That's the whole point is that a lot of times life has things that are thrown at you that you didn't anticipate. But I think for most people we start with what would you like for your like what is what is your goal? You know that's where it always starts. Why is why is that your goal? Why is it important? When we can identify what the goal is and why it's truly important to you. Then we can say, what do you, how would you envision you working towards this goal? What does the ideal week look like? How many days are you able to exercise? How many days are you going to not be able to? 
Um, what does it look like as far as your time in the evenings? Or do you want to prepare your food ahead of time? Or do you think it's going to be most realistic for you to learn to eat on the go? And so thinking about what does perfect look like on the front end, we can then anticipate, okay, what are some of the things that you know for sure? So that when things pop up, it doesn't throw you completely off. I think for a lot of people, it's important to be realistic about what you can expect from the this season, whether, you know, school coming back, I think if you if you on the front end can really kind of anticipate all the things that could potentially pop up, then you're not going to be you're not going to fall into that camp of, oh, I had great intentions, but life just kind of happened. If you can make sure on the front end that you say, okay, life is going to happen. What is the worst case scenario here for how busy it is? And go ahead and address that on the in the beginning. Then you're not so thrown off when it does happen. I think that's great uh, point to make. And that's something that I've done plenty of times in my life is sitting down and say, all right, I'm going to set some goals for this time period. And then at that moment, you're really excited and you're thinking about all the different things you want to do. Um, and so a lot of times you overestimate the amount of things you can do. And then two or three weeks into it, I'm looking at it, I'm like, wow, I set 10 goals and I can't do all those at once. And so I really end up need to focusing on one or two of them and make those a priority. And I think that's, that's where talking with somebody who has a lot of experience in health and fitness can really help because they can help you understand um, and clarify how long it might actually take you to reach your goal. So, uh, for example, somebody comes up and says they want to lose 50 pounds and they say, I'm, I'm going to dedicate myself to this. I'm going to lose 50 pounds in six weeks or whatever, um, you know, 12 weeks. And, mm -hmm. and so then a coach can say, you know, I love that. That's a great. You're really fired up at this point. But I'm just telling you, that's probably not realistic for you to lose weight that fast in such a short amount of time. Um, let's spread that out a little bit longer. Let's let's give ourselves, you know, six months to try to do that or maybe even a year. And what would it look like to to do that over a year? Because you can agree if you want to lose 50 pounds, whether it's done in six, six, six weeks or in a year from now, either way, you're going to be happy because you're down 50 pounds. And so um, let's find a way for us to maybe set ourselves up to achieve that goal in a realistic time frame, as opposed to, you know, setting our goal of losing 50 pounds in six weeks and losing 20 or 15 or 10 and then being bummed because you didn't hit your goal. Yeah. That's the perfect example of that I think is, is coming up with the fall because I think for a lot of people we forget because we get so excited about all the new things that come with this time of the year, whether it be football or, or a certain sport that you like to follow or your kids play this time of year it's really easy to forget how social we all get around sports in the fall. That's an easy one. And so for a lot of people, they want to set the goal now before all those things start to happen. And then one thing leads to the other and all of a sudden you're at Thanksgiving and it was just one event after the other and an opportunity to travel or a game to go to. Right. And so I think it, it really leads for people to be, it leads them to be happier if you set a longer term goal as opposed to thinking that, right when school starts and things are going to be new, this is the time to then add in a new routine around food or mm -hmm. a new uh, routine around exercise. It can work for sure to go ahead and start fresh and set those boundaries ahead of time. But for a lot of people, you're right. It is having that conversation of saying that's very aggressive. Let's actually think about what that would look like. Let's look at the calendar in September, you know, three, four weeks from now. And then all of a sudden it kind of, I guess, sobers, sobers you a little bit from that real excessive goal. Uh, but it's going to lead to more happiness. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. And, 
Um, I think I want to give a couple examples of maybe a couple of different conversations I've had with people recently. And as the longer I've done this, the more I realize, you know, more and more my goal is to um, find a way to set people up to su- succeed and to have um, get small wins uh, across, you know, week by week, day by day, as opposed to, you know, shooting for the sky and then them being disappointed if they don't hit this goal that really was unrealistic to begin with or, you know, keeping people from doing too much in the gym, which is something, you know, we can see a lot of is people wanting to, they want to, um, um, lose, you know, add 50 pounds to their back squat, lose 30 pounds and cut two minutes off their mile time. And they want to do it all at the same time. And, and they want to do that in 12 weeks, you know, and it's like, all those are, you know, are kind of contradictory in the kind of work that they're going to take. Not to be said, not to say that you couldn't achieve all those three things, but in such a short amount of time, the amount of work to, that you're going to do is going to be, is going to really, you know, wear you down. And are you uh, in a place where you can have the recovery to be able to put this much work into it? And so it's really just about helping people understand um, the balance of the amount of work they're trying to do in the gym compared to well, you're also working 40, 50 hours a week and you also have three kids and you're going to be going, like you said, you got season tickets to, to the game. So you're going to be going and tailgating, you know, six times on the weekend. And then the other six weeks, you're going to be going to your friend's house and watching games. So um, every weekend is going to be a wash and you're setting goals that, you know, would be tough for somebody who's trying to make it to the games to achieve. Um, and you're, uh, you, you know, and they, they do this full time and they don't have any other outside obligations. And so just kind of help, helping people understand Maybe let's try to try to pull it back a little bit. Try try not to do too much. So I had a conversation with somebody uh, this week, and we were talking about um, he was getting ready for um, he wants to run the half marathon in December in uh, in Memphis, and he was he was going to follow uh, a, a program that um, a local running club had made, and that's great. It's a program that starts smart start small and works way up but it's a four day a week running program and he also wants to work out four or five days a week in the gym and so that was where we kind of had a conversation i said look that program is made for people who are only going to be running that's all they're doing and so if you try to do that on top of coming to the gym four or five days a week that's a recipe for disaster because you're going to set yourself up to break your body down you're going to have a hard time recovering you also have a full-time job that you travel a lot i would highly recommend you cutting that in half um, and only doing two days a week. Maybe start off at three days a week of the of the uh, training because it's lower volume. But as the volume picks up, I would cut back to two days a week. And then that way you can still get your workouts because a lot of that training and conditioning you're going to be getting in the gym anyway. So it's really, you know, kind of doing something that you're already getting in the gym. So you're doubling up on something that you don't really need to work on. To me, if, you're re- if your goal is to run a half marathon or a marathon and you're somebody that consistently comes to the gym four or five days a week, it's not really going to be the conditioning that, that you need to prepare for. It's really just getting your muscles in your feet and your joints and ligaments capable would be able to take that many steps in a certain amount of time. And so that what's, that's what you need to focus on. You don't need to focus on getting more aerobically fit because you're doing that every single day, if that makes sense. There's a lot of, I think there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of goals that could probably fall, fall into the same category of conversation. Um, and we have this conversation a lot, but for the most part, it sounds like what what most of our experience is with people who are starting fresh at a new point in the year, whether it be the start of fall or the start of the new year, oftentimes the tendency is to say, okay, I think this time I'm going to be able to add a little more to it. 
instead of saying this time I'm going to take the more sustainable approach and adding more creates more of a demand of recovery. Mm-hmm. And so when you're already trying to squeeze in, oh, I'm going to run a little bit extra or oh, I'm going to do a little bit of extra squatting, all of a sudden you've just created more demand for recovery. And most people really undervalue that or just maybe haven't haven't learned how valuable recovery is because they don't see the recovery that goes into the people who are at the place maybe they want to get to. And so when you don't allow that time for recovery, you're doing the extra and eventually it's going to get to a breaking point or it's just going to wear you down. Yeah. And there's going to be a level of fatigue that you really weren't prepared for and it all hits at once. And so then it becomes, and it shows up in a lot of different ways, whether it be a nagging injury or something, and then all of a sudden everything falls apart and you get frustrated. And so I think for a lot of people, it's, you're right, having a plan, talking with a coach about what are the things where I can make the most of maybe veering in a different, towards a different goal while also maintaining the sustainability of my habit. I think something that's very common for people to do when they're first starting out um, in a new pursuit and something that I was guilty of for years and years and years of, of training when I was trying to compete was if you want to do something, just just thinking, well, I got to add more. I got to add more. I got to add more. I got to add more workouts. I got to add more strength training. I got to add more and more and more. And I think something that people who are, you know, a lot more advanced in a certain thing are thinking about is what can I take out? What can I subtract? And what, you know, what, what part of things that I'm doing can I take out so I'm as efficient with my work as possible? So instead of thinking I need to get stronger, Um, So I'm going to add extra strength three days a week and adding this and adding that, add the other thing. Why not think, what can I take out of my life that's going to support me getting stronger? Maybe that is removing the 30 minutes of Netflix before bed every night so you can get an extra 30 minutes of sleep. Maybe it's eliminating some of the soft drinks or the alcohol that you're drinking uh, on the weekends or, you know, the uh, fast food or whatever. What can I take out? that's going to help me get there. And then once you've eliminated all this stuff and you feel like you're in a good place, then maybe you can start adding some other stuff and adding more complexity. But for most people, we don't need to add more complexity to our lives. Our lives are complex enough. We need to try to simplify as much as we can. And I think if you look at people who are, um, you know, the CrossFit games just happened. Look at the people who perform the best at the CrossFit games. I, I, I guarantee you one thing that they all have in common is the simplicity of their life. They wake up at the same time every single day. They have the same morning routine. They probably train at the same time every day. Now they train a lot, but that's all they do. And then they, they don't have, you know, a job. Maybe some of them, you know, do some stuff for their sponsors or whatever, or maybe they, you know, do online coaching or whatever, but they probably do it at the same time every single day. But, and then they go to bed at the same time every single day and they do it over and over and over again. So it's a very simple life. And I think the more we can try to eliminate the excess in our life, the more it's going to allow us to focus on the stuff that truly matters. And if you can start to eliminate things, then you really start to hone in on what are the things that are important for me to focus on that are going to help me, you know, make the big steps towards what ultimately matters. This is a, this is a big conversation because for, for most of health and fitness as a general, a broad category, most people who would benefit well, all of us would benefit, but the people especially who would benefit the most from beginning something new uh, are probably a little intimidated by the thought of adding more and more and more. And so, yes, going from eating no protein to eating protein does require adding. Going from, 
I don't really know what to do. I'm just kind of maybe starting with a walk now, but I want to start to go to the gym. Adding something in that case is very different than saying, hey, I'm going to add in more a second session or I'm going to add in a run on my rest day. That's where we're talking about the adding becomes detrimental to uh, to your ultimate success. Right. And so for a lot of people, it can be really intimidating to think about all the things I've got to add. Oh, I've got to add protein. I've got to add a shake. I've got to add greens powders. I've got to add vegetables. And it becomes this, this really... Um, almost more stressful than what we would say is a balanced healthy lifestyle. And so I think that for for most people you're going to you're going to set that example for people but you're also going to experience a lot of benefits that you maybe didn't even think just by like what you said simplifying and subtracting the toxic things. I'm I'm saying this for myself just as much as for anybody else because I've been guilty of this so many times. I I keep a lot of my workout journals. I keep uh you know I have pictures of some of the programs I used to write for myself, you know, way back in the day. And even my goals that I make every year and every year, like my goal, like I look back on my list of goals and I'll have like 20 things written on there and, and I'll have achieved by the end of the year, maybe five of them. Um, and to me, that's, that's awesome that I was able to achieve those. But, um, I, it's constantly like being in a moment of excitement and looking forward to something I think, well, I need to get better at this. I need to get better at this. I need to get better at this. So I'm going to set this up and set this up and set this up and set this up. And then after one or two days of that, you realize like, wow, this is way too much. This is not sustainable. I need to pull this back. Um, And so, for example, at the beginning of the year, I said one of my goals was not only to run a marathon, but also squat 500 and run a marathon. And I quickly realized like the amount of time that it's going to take me to prepare for a marathon is way more time than I've been training already. And then if I was going to add in a 500 pound squat, which is 15 pounds more than I've ever hit in my life. And I'm not even close to that at this point, that's going to add a a significant, another amount of time of training. And that's just not worth it to me. And so, so I I quickly, it was like, all right, I'm scratching that part of the the equation. Uh, But if I had really tried to go down that route, that route, I would just been setting myself up to be frustrated because I was spending so much time working for this goal that I said in one moment of excitement, and I'm like, Oh, that'd be cool to do. And then, you know, it really, I, I, re, I really don't care about it. You yeah. know, I really don't care about doing both those things. I just thought it'd be cool to do it. And luckily enough, I was able to realize pretty quickly that the amount of time it was going to take me to do that um, was not worth it. And so I, I pulled back on that. Um, but I think, you know, the it's just, it's just human nature. You, when you're in a moment in that state of, I need, you know, and that's, that's this time of year is one of those states of, things are changing. We're getting back into a school year. People are excited. You're ready to get back in a routine. And the tendency is for all of us to set way too many goals and try to do way too many things where if you can really take a step back and focus on, well, what is really the most important thing for me at this moment? Maybe pick two or three things that you want to focus on, maybe just one and say, all right, this is what's really going to move the needle needle for me the most. I'm going to focus on these what do I need to add for that? And also what, what do I need to subtract to be able to get, to, to get closer to those? And then maybe you start, once you start getting your feet under you and you start getting better at those, then maybe you can add something else, but don't try to do 10 things at once because you're just going to set yourself up for disappointment and failure or burnout injury, whatever the case may be. It's been interesting. I think for, for a lot of people, um, myself included, uh, it takes, it takes some time to learn that, but over time when you love something so much like fitness for us you know it's it's our 
it's what we go to work to do, but it's also something that just we innately love and we love being around it. We love seeing other people find joy and reach their goals. Um, and so it's really easy to want a little bit more of a good thing. Um, and for, for what I've realized now, especially working with so many nutrition clients and watching their body scans and their bodies has, you know, ha their, their physical health has become part of my role as a coach and getting to watch how oftentimes too much has a detrimental effect on our physical health. I've become, I've started to notice that in my own life. And so I've, I've started thinking about, and I heard this, uh, Cara Saunders said this in an interview before the games, she said, having, you know, having a family and her being a mother that she learned that she was being, it was more negative. The stress uh, that she put on herself from missing a training session was actually worse for her and more taxing than just actually missing a training mm -hmm. session was yeah. because she, her whole life had put that, that stress that said like, okay, I've got to train. That is my ultimate priority. But now as a mother, she has set this other priority of her family coming first. And so if that came first, she had to realize, you know what, the best thing for me to do is just let this go. And so sometimes we add stress onto our life that are external. And so that can be something. And so for me, it's been really analyzing, all right, is there stress around exercise? Like, let me be honest, am I stressing a little bit about a workout or am I stressing a little bit about missing a workout? But when you let, when you line up your priorities, kind of where we started the conversation, then you can relax and realize that we can, if we can eliminate that stress, we're going to be better when we do get the opportunity to exercise. Absolutely. Um, so let's give people a couple of uh, practical takeaways on this and maybe they can uh, apply this um, to their lives. And, uh, you know, something that we think about a lot is how can we, you know, be better as a, as a organization? How can we make our gyms better? We meet every quarter to kind of reassess how the last three months have gone and kind of set, uh, plans going forward, uh, on what we want to focus on the next three, three months. And then we come back and reassess. And so we're always trying to, uh, you know, see what we did well, what we didn't do so well, what we can do to improve, um, and I think that, that, you know, cadence and rhythm is great for people to do just with their own personal lives. Every quarter you can kind of sit down and it doesn't take, you know, if it's just going to be you and your thoughts, it doesn't take a whole, a whole lot amount of time. But what I think it does take is some space, um, outside of your day-to-day -day life, because when we get caught up in the day-to-day -day life of running, doing this, doing this, you know, just caught up in the routine, um, it's really hard to get a little bit of perspective. So for me, even just going to a, like a coffee shop that I don't, don't normally go to and sitting down in there for a little while, that's outside of where I normally go. And it, it allows me to get pulled back away or, you know, vacation is always a great time for me to really do that because you, you're a lot of times we're in a place that's different than we've ever been or a place that we're not normally at. And it's a lot more peaceful and it's removed from the day-to-day -day chaos of life. And that's a great time to kind of reflect on how things have been going. And you get a lot more perspective on, gosh, I spent a whole lot of time on this particular thing. And it really, ultimately, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me that much or enough to warrant the amount of time I'm doing, or I, gosh, I've spent X amount of hours, you know, um, watching watching tv or watching netflix or whatever it is that you feel like is not adding a ton of value or gosh i've been spending so much time scrolling on instagram or scrolling on facebook maybe i should try uh deleting it off the app off my phone and just checking on my computer from time to time or whatever the case may be um and it gives you a little bit more perspective on that so i think first is um 
and this is what I encourage anybody who comes and, you know, asks for advice or, um, you know, when they're making a big decision in life or a small decision is to find some time, half a day, you know, one day, a quarter, you know, a quarter hour, whatever you can get, depending on where you're at in life and find some, some time, a place where you can go and get away for a little bit and, and reflect on how things are going, um, how things went over the last quarter and what you want to improve on the next quarter. So like in this moment, if you can, if you can find 30 minutes to yourself, an hour for yourself, go somewhere, go for a walk in the woods, go for a walk down the street that you normally don't normally go on. Just kind of look around and think, uh, about how things are going and what you really want to focus on in this, the rest re, in this fall, in this school year leading up and be realistic about what you can expect to achieve. If you have a whole lot of stuff on your plate. Dude, I love, I love the idea of going to a new place. I didn't even realize that that's where you and I both have come back from trips and just been like, had this crazy clarity on, um, and, and I hear people tell stories like this all the time where the value of getting away gives you a perspective to where when you look back at your bubble, you forget that you just elevated everything in your bubble. And the longer you're in your circle or your sphere that, that you live day to day, the longer that you're only in that, the more that becomes your entire world. And so all of a sudden you realize, all right, this is like a little snow globe and I'm actually in a really in a lot bigger world. And so it kind of helps you with long-term goals. So I think that's great for setting yourself up for success in the big picture and analyzing but what what we really want to do like what you actually said this was reflect too on what did the last couple quarters look like and did though did those habits get me to where on the track that i want to be and if mm -hmm. not then you've got to go back and think about changing those things before you just start adding layers of right. new things um, and so if it's, if it's a toxic habit, if it's, if it's toxic people, if it, whatever it is going back and looking at that, that can be the easy first step where you remove something, all of a sudden you're more free and you never, you didn't have to add anything to it. Mm -hmm. The thing that I would suggest in, in addition to that is once you get these goals lined up and you, and you take some time away and you write it out, whether it be cutting something from the past and going forward or adding something new. Uh, is to actually take some time and talk about those goals with the people that you're going to be living around. Because oftentimes I set goals with people individually in a client meeting and everything that they're going to be implementing is going to be implemented with other people who don't know those goals. And so all that leads to is more stress. We've talked about this for, you know, if you're eating only with other people and you set all of your eating goals individually and they don't know that it's just going to lead to more conflict and stress and maybe even more strain so i think for for a lot of people if it's appropriate to have that conversation with um with the people that you're going to be living life around it can really really help um kind of identify what are some of the big barriers that are about to happen so that you can not be frustrated and not be um thrown off by by not that those people are causing it, but by the situations that may come up just because life is complex and we're typically not just by ourselves. That's really good. And, um, here's a great example that, uh, my wife and I were talking about, uh, yesterday we haven't, you know, we, we, we've been training for this marathon. Um, and we worked all the way up to, I was about to run a half and then I got, um, strep throat and I was out for two weeks. And then she traveled for work like four times in a two month span. And, we just haven't really, we didn't really train through the months of June and July. So yesterday we, we got back on our, on our, our first run, uh, together and it was just really hard. We didn't go super far and, 
um, it, afterwards we, we were kind of reflecting on it and realizing that um, if we really are going to run this marathon in December, like we are going to have to really, really, you know, refocus our efforts. And um, that's, you know, we're, we're going to kind of have our own little challenge. We're going on vacation in, uh, to, in November to Jamaica for our anniversary and both of our birthdays right around that time. We always try to go on vacation um, in, you know, right around then every year. And so we're going to do our own, like, we're going to call it the Jamaica challenge. And it's going to be kind of like a challenge of just like the beach body challenge, just like we've done before in the past, but we're going to do it a little bit longer and kind of hold each other accountable. And I, I told her I could print off scorecards and put them up on our, uh, on our refrigerator and we would do it together. And so it's just something fun that we can do together. That's going to hold each other accountable and move, help us both move towards this goal because, you know, at this point, that's going to be, you know, one of the biggest things for us this fall is getting ready to be able to complete this, this run in December. Um, and so that's something that we're doing together. And it's so, you know, it's, it's so hard to do um, anything, make a huge change in your life. If the people around you are not either not supportive or they're literally, you know, in direct conflict with that, they're, they're not, they're, you know, making you feel bad about wanting to eat healthy, making you feel bad about, you know, trying to achieve something great. And so if you can really sit down with the people who you spend the most time with and say, look, this is really important to me. I'm telling you why I'm doing this because X, Y, Z, I really need your support on this. I'm not asking you to do it with me. I'm just asking you to support me and not, you know, um, be negative towards yeah, be, it. Yeah. be negative or, you know, try to sabotage or whatever the case may be. And I would ask you, look, I'm not going to be, when I go to the tailgates, I'm not going to drink. And I'm just going to ask you, please don't, you know, make, you know, make me feel bad about it because this is my choice. And if, if you, if you tell people that on the front end, they're going to be much more likely to support you when they know why you're doing it, because they're going to relate to it. And they're, you know, they're going to say, okay, all right, I understand. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to do that, but I am going to support you in that if you ask them for that. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's also, so you have that conversation, but then ultimately you remember at the end of the day that the extreme ownership principle is that, you know, we don't, we don't want to fall victim to just that thought that like, oh, well, they're making it hard for me. So, you know, it becomes tough and I give up. It's, it's also just recognizing that asking is just making it easier for you, but it may still not be easy if you do have that goal that you want to set and it is something that's individual, but that is so rarely the case. Most of the time that person's going to be that much more supportive of you because oftentimes I think miscommunication about goals is, is what leads to that conflict. And if you can clarify to someone else, you're going to also be much more likely to stay on the path as you go. But if you kind of keep it secret, it's just this kind of back and forth thing. They're going to be confused by you, that on and off thing too. So almost having this conversation can just set you up for success uh, because it's it's simply um, anchoring you to that promise to yourself and to other people. And when you verbalize a goal, oftentimes it becomes a reality. Yeah, that's great. So that's uh, a couple of steps there. Um, number one is to kind of get, um, some, you know, some time where you can sit down and reflect on how things have gone for you and what you want to focus on, uh, this, this fall. Number two is have a conversation with people close to you and, um, let them know what you're trying to do and ask for their support. And then, um, I think a third, a third point that I would highly recommend is talk to somebody, um, who, um, can help you get there. 
you know, a coach or somebody that you trust or a mentor or somebody uh, in that area who has been there or knows how to get there and just tell them what you're trying to do and make sure that um, you, your plan is sustainable and that you're not trying to do too much. And if there's any, if there needs to be any tweaks to that plan, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, you can talk to a diet coach and see if they can, you know, either work with you or at least give you a couple tips or whatever the case may be, or talk to one of your coaches and say, Hey, I really need some accountability in this area. This is my goal. Would you, do you mind checking in with me periodically to make sure I'm heading in that direction? Um, or, you know, it can be if, if, if it's like in the business world or something like that, a mentor who's going to, you know, kind of give you some tips and help you get there. So, you know, a lot of times if we talk to somebody who's already done what the thing that we want to do, um, they can kind of help us steer clear of, of some pitfalls and mistakes that they might've made. And we can kind of shortcut, um, the way to get to get there. So talk to somebody who, um, has already done what you want to do or who has helped a lot of other people do what you want to do. And it can really help you avoid a lot of, uh, you know, delays and pain and, and suffering and not being able to achieve your goal or doing, doing something the wrong way that you could easily be avoided just by talking to somebody who, um, can help you avoid that. Love it. One, two, three, one, two, three, that's three steps. So, um, that's, uh, I think, I think that pretty much, pretty yeah, much that's great. anything We'd, you want to add to that before we move on? No, I think, um, don't be afraid to ask questions to people. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're uncertain, it's going to make it really tough, but just find value in all the people that are around you and in your life and just ask them because oftentimes, you know, especially people that have been there or people that have tried different things, you're only going to gain from asking other people's experience. Um, cause you don't have to spend any more time living the experience maybe they've already had. So I think that's a good place to end it. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So now we're going to move on to our next segment. It is, uh, Ooh, are we retiring this? No, we're not retiring it outside the box. Wow. It, it's, it's not ending. It's, it's never ending. It lives on. <laughs> it lives on. So, um, Somewhere um, Ben is smiling. Yeah, Ben, he, he's, he's always going to be smiling, <laughs> smiling down on us. Um, so uh, we just, the CrossFit Games ended today, and uh, I thought I thought we could talk about that for a bit. Let's since, do it. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. That is outside of our box, outside of our uh, realm of Very far the outside yeah. the box, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this was the first year without Dave Castro, and um, I was a little, um, you know, I was interested to see how it turned out and overall I thought I thought it went really well. I thought the uh the programming was was very well rounded. Um it started off really gymnastics heavy and it almost looked like gosh, this is going to be um just a, nothing but gymnastics and um it's going to be really, you know, way fa- favored towards those people who are really highly skilled in gymnastics, but um it started off that that way but it did end with a lot of uh some really cool heavyweight workouts and um, I thought overall it was very well-rounded and I thought it was a great, great, um, great event, great weekend. Yeah. I think especially the way that it started, I think that's what everybody's takeaway was at first with something new. And then it starts off with a bunch of new things. You're like, this could be just yeah. absolute chaos. And, you know, we should know better than to think that Boz is going to go too crazy with things because he's been around this. Mm-hmm. And if there's anyone who would be able to keep integrity of the programming and give a well-rounded test. It's going to be a guy who's been there since day one and implemented everything that Dave Castro has done. So I was, uh, I definitely like took that approach of just be patient. I mean, just like, just like anything, if they're going to do 13, 14, 15 tests, we didn't know how many, if they're doing 13 tests, 
we got to wait till we see 13 before we really have, you know, and someone texted me about that and they asked what I thought so far and there were still six workouts left. And it's like, I have no idea what to say because I have no idea what's coming up. And so when you take that approach and look at the whole thing, it ended with the fittest people. It had a lot of new things, which kind of reminded people that you can think that you're at the top, but you know, unless you're prepared for the unknown and unknowable, then you can't really say that. And I think it ended up with a perfect kind of well-rounded. Yeah. I think, I think they really raised the bar in some certain areas and gave some people some stuff to work on, uh, going forward. But I thought it was a good, well-rounded test. Um, what was one negative? What was one thing that you saw that you didn't like? How about that? I think the biggest thing was just, um, it seemed like, I think they weren't quite prepared for some of the logistical things like uh for example when you know they had the people doing the five laps on the bike and some people cut their lap short and they didn't really have uh, anybody a way to make sure people didn't cut it short and so i think some of those smaller things are something that somebody like dave castro who did it for 15 years like that's a those are some of the smaller things that he's thinking about on the on the front end and you know when you fire somebody like that right before the season starts it's not going to give the people enough time to be able to get all those smaller things ready and be prepared for for them. So they were kind of scrambling. And so I wouldn't really say that it was all their fault because they were trying to do the best they could with the short amount of time they had to get prepared for all that. Such a huge event. Um, so just some of that. And then um, the broadcast consistently, the just the camera angles that they use, it's just really hard to follow. And they really zoom in on one person way too much in my opinion instead of pulling back and showing the whole field and it's just way more fun to be able to watch um, when you can see kind of everybody in, in relation to each other and maybe you zoom in you know on one person in a cor- in the corner of the screen but show the whole field and the whole thing or something like that I just it's really hard to follow a lot of times and like they'll show somebody finish and then they're celebrating and they're showing them. And then there's this race for four people at the, at the last seconds across. And yeah. And they're showing one person yeah. going high five. Yeah. Yeah. And parents, you don't so, even yeah. get to see it. And so, or, you know, they'll literally keep the camera on one person the entire time and you don't get to see anybody else in the heat. And so I, I, I every year, I think that could be, be done better. Um, so I just think some of the smaller logistical things, you know, the, the score, there's a couple of scoreboard issues at the start of the weekend. Um, but overall, I thought, you know, I thought it was a, a great weekend. I, I thought the sandbag, Max Sandbag event was one of the coolest things that I've seen. Seeing them do it was really fun. It was way cooler than I thought it was going to be when I saw it announced. And um, it was, I thought it was, it was a very, very fun, cool event to watch. And um, overall, I thought it was a good, 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 good week. Yeah, it was kind of like a, I don't know, it reminded me of other sports where you just kind of take turns like going blow for blow with people. And oftentimes in fitness, you don't really get to see that because typically it's just like the person with the greatest work capacity in that that movement is going to win. And there's not really a way to go back and forth. But I really felt like the energy going back and forth of one person hitting something in a sandbag was you know, an Olympic lift, even you literally could predict it. You could just go back through Instagram and see like, what have they hit? All right. Add in some adrenaline. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's a five to 10 pound jump there. But with the sandbag, I heard uh, in a, in a podcast, they were saying that Ricky before the event barely could do the 260, but when he was warming up Um, and then when they go out there, I mean, he's able to go up 70 pounds. And so I think that's, what's cool about using a new implement is that it allows for the gamesmanship that feels like some of the more traditional sports. And, and I felt like that was something that I really didn't expect from the event when it was announced. Yeah. Um, I was, um, 
impressed by Ricky Garrard and how he, he came back after his suspension and did so well. I was really impressed by Roman Krennikov. If After all those years of him not being able to get a visa to compete, he finally got to compete. And, and he, he, re- he didn't give up on it. Yeah. Like, I mean, can you imagine just like working so hard and the hours you put in year after year and just having to get denied like at the finish line right mm-hmm. there and then to still be able to put the work in and come back? Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, it was. Um, and then Tia got her six in a row and announced that she's retiring after this year, which I think a lot of us kind of expected. And then uh, Rich Ronan got his 10th title, which is amazing. And then um, he wouldn't commit to whether he's coming back or not this year. I would guess that he is going to retire. He's he's mentioned several times that he was thinking about retiring. So um, kind of seeing, you know, the last of the uh, old guard kind of falling out and then all these young young kids coming up. Uh, you know, a 17-year-old girl was – in the top, you know, she was in the top three almost the whole weekend. I think she finished fourth, and um, then Mal O'Brien's at 18, and she got second. And it's just all these new young young athletes coming up, uh, young guys coming up as well. And um, so I'm, it's really exciting to see the level of the playing field be so high. And I think it's going to be a lot more um, even going forward as far as there's probably going to be five to ten people who could have a chance to win next year. And so it's going to be fun to watch. And then Justin Medeiros, he he just is he's just a gamer. He just turns it on when it when it when it matters most, and he shows up and just does what it, what needs to happen. You can just see, you know, when it when push comes to shove on those last couple of events, just if his facial expression, he just got what it takes to take it to the next level. And so he's really fun to watch. So overall, I thought it was a, a great event, a great weekend, and um, better than I expected it to be, honestly. So yeah, this was definitely a year where you can start to see all of our favorite names and the people who we've known at the top of the are not you know we all fall victim if you do a fantasy draft you always want to pick the big names and then you start realizing at the end of the weekend there it's a new I mean time goes on and it's hard to repeat the effort and the training that they go through year after year after year it starts to take a really big toll I think you know Fikowski Travis Mayer like some of these people that have just been perennial like they're fighting for that podium spot mm-hmm. and to see them start to slip and see some of these young people come up and go and pass them. It just shows that I think, like you said there, it's going to start to be a really, really wide field um, at the top. Yeah. A lot of these kids that started when they were 11, 12 years old and now they're 20, it's 21, be surging up. Yeah. They yeah. just got so much, um, you know, time under their belt now, and they're going to start, start really start taking over and elevating where the sport can go to. So overall, I thought it was great. And last, last thought on this, as you mentioned the fantasy, I would highly recommend if you, anybody who enjoys the CrossFit games to do a fantasy league next year. We did an in-person draft this time. Um, and it was so much fun to, uh, get a, get a group of guys together and everybody pick teams. And, um, it just makes it so much more interesting when you got, uh, people in the men's, women's, and team competing, and you're, you know, if you have somebody going in the first heat, you're watching it, whereas normally you wouldn't even care, and you just be watching the top few people. So it makes it a lot more fun and interesting um, to do. So I would recommend next year if you uh, if you're interested and you really like the CrossFit Games to uh, to do a fantasy league. So okay, last segment before we wrap up is uh, recommends, and I'll start because I'm reading a book that I really really enjoy right now, and it's called Range, and basically the book is. Uh, uh, about uh, people who, um, I think the subtitle is like generalists who triumph in a specialized world. And it's talking about um, giving a lot of different examples of people who are 
you know, at the top of their, their field. Um, and who, because they didn't specialize early in that specific field, they tried a bunch of different things and have a lot of different experience. And so they have a lot broader perspective on that particular, uh, field, uh, when they actually do find what they love. And so it's comparing that to people who, you know, really specialize into something at a really young age and just only focus on that. And it really limits their potential in that area because they, they have not developed a broad range of skills and, um, life experiences and knowledge that can help them, you know, solve problems in a different way. And this applies to work and it applies to, you know, science, it applies to sports and it starts off comparing Roger Federer to uh, Tiger Woods and um, Roger Federer was somebody who, ne- who never even specialized in tennis till he was much older and later on in life. And um, it compared to Tiger Woods, who um, obviously specialized at a very young age. And um, it's just a fascinating look into it. And it's something that I firmly believe. And I've always thought about it in a sports capacity and, you know, having thinking that kids should play a wide variety of sports and also develop and do a wide variety of training um, for their body. Um, that's going to help them, uh, ultimately when they, when they do figure out what sport they love, hopefully, you know, when they're in junior high or high school that they really want to focus on, they've developed a wide, uh, variety of skills and strengths that they can, you know, uh, that's going to allow them ultimately to peak much higher in that specific sport than would be if they picked their, their one sport to focus on when they were nine years old, which, you know, when I was growing up, I saw, some of my friends do that. And by the time they were in high school, they were either burned out or just completely done. Um, whereas some of the guys that I know that were, you know, considered late bloomers cause they didn't even start playing a, a specific sport till high school are the ends up, are the ones that ended up playing professionally or having an incredible collegiate career. So, um, the, the book is called range. Um, hold on, let me look up and see the, uh, the author's name real quick. And, um, so you guys can look it up, but it's an easy read. Um, it's probably a, you know, one that you could listen to David Epstein's the book, uh, the, the author of the book. So, um, if you're interested in, um, you know, nonfiction, if you like Malcolm Gladwell type books, um, I would highly recommend uh, range by Epstein. Caleb, you gotta, you gotta recommend. <laughs> no, I got nothing right now. Uh, I recommend the air condition yeah, to yeah. work. If you guys don't know this, the, uh, had a little air issue sweat is dripping down our face right now it's uh you don't appreciate the ac until it's not it's not turned on so um we had to cut it off so we could get some good sound quality and uh we're just rocking with it and uh anyways hope you guys enjoy this uh this episode the first of uh us bringing it to you um from our own uh recording studio here at coyote so looking forward to many more um putting these out weekly going on from now from now on and um we'll start recording these and having these out on youtube soon. But until then, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Silky smooth sounds.